Excuse me, my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here, and again, it's a joy to welcome all of you here. I want to think with you this morning for a little while about something Jesus said, okay, about uh, some words that Jesus said, and I think they are, in some ways for me, some of, the, some of the more difficult words for me to really believe. They come in John 16, all right, um, verses, it's not really verse 5 and 6, it's verse 7, but I want to kind of set the stage. What's happening here is Jesus is meeting with his disciples, they're in the upper room. It's, it's the night before Jesus is crucified. So uh, they're having the Last Supper together. Uh, they're gathered together there. They're, Jesus is teaching them. Later on, they're going to go out to the Mount of Olives. They're going to pray. And, and then Jesus is going to be betrayed and arrested, and he'll be tried and crucified, and he'll die. All right, so all that's on the horizon. All of that is just coming up. And, and during this time, during this meal, Jesus is teaching them. And one of the things that Jesus has said to them is he's, he's trying to explain to them that, that he's going to be going away, okay? He's been with the disciples for three years now, and, and he's trying to explain to them, trying to help them understand that, that he's going to be going away. And so he says this in verse 5. He says, now I am going. I'm going to him who sent me. And, and it's interesting if you think about the disciples' response. It's kind of confusing, but I think what's happening there is, is they're a lot like me, <laughs> and maybe a little bit like you. Because the disciples, Jesus points out that they don't say, well, what's going on? What are you going to do? Are you going to be okay? And all that. No, they're worried about themselves. Jesus is going away. They're worried about themselves. Jesus says, none of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I have said these things. And so the disciples are, are struggling. They're grieving. Jesus is grieving because he knows what he's facing. And so there's kind of this atmosphere. And then the next line, verse 7, is where Jesus says what I think is one of the most difficult things for us to really kind of understand and accept. He says, but very truly, but very truly, I tell you, it's really for your good that I'm going away. This is really for your good that I'm going away. And, I, and if I'm one of the disciples, I mean, I got to just sit there and, and I got to believe they thought, you know, seriously? Seriously, Jesus? You, you really believe that? Do you remember what we were before you came around? Do you remember? Have you seen how we've done, Jesus? Have you seen how we've done when you've not been there? <laughs> I, I mean, Jesus, we haven't been very good, okay? You've sent us on our own a few times and it was usually only a day or two before we started to mess things up. How in the world can Jesus say that? How in the world can Jesus say, it's for your good, you're better off? It, it feels almost a little bit like the parent saying, this is going to hurt me more than you. No, it's not. <laughs> right? You know, this is really, this is for your good. This is for your better. This is, this is important for you. This is going to be the best thing for you. And I sit there and I think, really, Jesus? I mean, how many of us don't think today, how awesome would it be for just, just a half hour? For Jesus physically to show up. For Jesus to just be here with us so that we could touch him, so that we could hold him, so that we could see him, so that we could hear him. I mean, come on, most of us would say, I'd give anything for that. Just a half hour, Jesus says, no, that's not, that's, that's not as good. What I have for you is better than that. And Jesus goes on in the rest of verse 7 to say, unless I go away, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And that word right there, the advocate, is the key word. Jesus says, I got a gift for you. But it can only come if I go away. 
And, and I want to try to explain this a little bit. And, and, and in some ways, some of you know this. It's pretty basic. But I think, it, again, visually can be really helpful to kind of get a picture of, of what Jesus is talking about. Because, like I say, for me, it's really hard to, in some ways, believe this. I want to have Jesus here physically with me now. I want to just touch him and see him and hold him and, and those kind of things. But let's take a look at this map. This will kind of help us get, get through that. You see the Mediterranean Sea off to the left. You got Galilee up to the north. That's where Jesus was, was raised and spent a good part of his ministry time. On the south, you've got Jerusalem, Judea, all right? And so th- this is kind of where it was. And, and when Jesus was crucified, he was just crucified just outside of Jerusalem, all right? So the disciples, on those days after the crucifixion, they were still in Jerusalem. On Easter Sunday, Jesus rises again. And, and he meets with the disciples, we're told, by John briefly in Jerusalem. But if you remember, we looked at Mark 16. And, and, and what happens in Mark 16 is the angel says to the women who came to the tomb, go tell the disciples that Jesus is going to meet with them up in Galilee. Go tell the disciples that Jesus is going to go up to Galilee. That's where he'll be with them. That's where he'll meet with them. And so the disciples make their way up to Galilee, all right? So they go up there, um, And there Jesus shows up, okay? There Jesus comes to them. And I know he had legs, okay? I know, but you have to somehow... He's the risen Jesus now, okay? He is the the risen Lord in all of his glory. And he's there, and he's with the disciples. And when he's with the disciples, then they are joyful. All right? The disciples are... Jesus is with them. They're excited. I got to believe at that point, what they were saying is, okay, good, you've gone away, you're back. Now everything's okay. Now let's do this thing. Now let's go on and, and, and we'll bring your kingdom into this world. But here's, here's the problem, okay? Here's the problem. There are other followers of Jesus in other places, okay? And, and Jesus in his risen form, in his risen bodily form, has one of the things that he, he let go of when he became human is he became somebody who, like us, can only be at one place at a time, right? Jesus could be one place, and he could move in his risen body from one place to another. But, but in his risen body, Jesus could only be in one place at a time. Okay, so what that means is Jesus can be with those disciples up in Galilee, but then these other two guys, they're kind of bummed. So, you know, so Jesus can say, oh, i got to go talk to this guy. So he talks to this guy. Well, that's great for this guy, but what about the poor disciples? Now they're sad again. And I'm not saying they're bummed out and they don't believe in the resurrection, okay? But, but you know what I'm saying, right? And, 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 and so then Jesus can say, well, I'll go and I'll go help this guy now. And so Jesus goes over there. And he can do it instantaneously. But this is why. Okay, this is why Jesus says, it's better for you that I go away. You see, for 40 days, for 40 days, Jesus is, is, is with his disciples in, in his risen body, okay? For 40 days, he's with his disciples. And it's great for whoever he's with, but he can only be one place at a time, all right? So, as that 40 days comes to a close, the disciples end up coming back down to Jerusalem, probably staying in Bethany just outside of Jerusalem, okay? And Jesus is there with them, so they're excited, all right? And and everything is good. And, and, and on the 40th day, what we call Ascension Day, last week, Thursday, the church celebrated, recognized Ascension Day. But on the 40th day, Jesus says, okay, I know you thought I went away and came back. This time I'm going to go away for good. This time I'm going to go away for a long time until I come back. And the next time I come back, it'll be the last time I come back, okay? So this time I'm going to do that. And, and, and his instruction to the disciples is this. Wait for it. Wait for it. 
they don't really know exactly what they're waiting for. They don't really know exactly what they're waiting for. But Jesus says, wait for it. And then he ascends into heaven, okay? And the disciples wait. They wait one day, two days, three days, four days, five, six, seven, eight days, Nine days. You see, we read these things, and it's like, yeah, ten days. Think about it. I mean, for ten days, no sightings of Jesus. They saw him going, and he just said, wait. And so they're in Jerusalem. They're waiting. The, the things are pretty kind of crazy in the world yet, with Jesus being crucified and so on, them claiming he's raised, everything. And so they're kind of scared and so on. But on Pentecost, ten days later, okay, so ten days the disciples are waiting. But then on Pentecost, which is 50 days after Easter, okay, pentagram or a pentagon, right, five-sided thing, Pentecost, 50 days, okay, then Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. He sends the advocate, all right? And so what happens is the Holy Spirit now comes and it just sets down on everybody. And what that means, this is what Jesus was talking about, what that means is that now Jesus is with us wherever we go. Jesus said, it's better for you if I go away, because when I go away, I'm going to send the advocate. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit can be with you wherever you go. Now the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit of Jesus. It's Jesus himself. It's God the Father. I mean, the the Trinity, right? We're talking about that mystery here. But Jesus is saying, when I go away, now, now I am with you wherever you go. And, And wherever we do go, the Holy Spirit goes with us. That's what Jesus is saying when he says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. On Pentecost, Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is talking about. He says, I get to now be with each and every one of you everywhere you go. He's in in the Holy Spirit form. The Holy Spirit can be with each of us at the same time. In his risen body form, Jesus Jesus, and again, they're separate enough. I'm not just saying he changed forms. They're, they're distinct. They're separate. But, but, but in his risen body form, Jesus stays in one place, and now he's next to the Father in heaven, all right? So a couple things just as we kind of begin here to say, again, we're better off. And I say that because I keep telling myself this. I, I, I do. I find myself so often, I don't know about you, but saying, man, I, 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 in some ways I'd say, come on, give me a half hour of Jesus live. And, and, and I like the spirit, but that's kind of, I don't get it quite as much. And I'd love to have something tangible to touch. But Jesus, I mean, he's smarter than I am. So if he tells me I'm better off, I'm better off. And so we're better off. And, and let me make one other thing clear about this in kind of in an introductory kind of way, that every believer has the Holy Spirit, okay? This is, there's some people who teach, and it's not what the Bible teaches, but some people who want to teach and say, well, you can believe in Jesus, but there's a second baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's, there's something else going on there, and you've got to get that. No, the Bible makes it clear. If we belong to Jesus Christ, his Spirit is alive in us. We might not be as surrendered as we should be. We might not be experiencing the fullness of the Spirit, okay? That's all true. But to say that you can be a believer in Jesus Christ and not have the Holy Spirit is just not what the Bible teaches. So if you belong to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And the key is learning to live by the Spirit. So I want to ask a couple of questions fairly quickly here, um, just to give us an idea, first of all, of all right, what does the Holy Spirit do? And then we're going to talk about all right, how do we live by the Spirit? 
How do we learn to keep in step with the Spirit? How do we learn to do that? And again, this is obviously much bigger than, than I can cover uh, in just a few minutes that we have here, but at least give you an idea. What, what I think that at the heart of it, what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit helps us, okay? Uh, again, back to the text, John sixteen seven. It says, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That word, that word advocate is a big word, okay? It's a really important word. It's a big word. In the Greek, it's the word, some of you might recognize this, it's the word paraclete. It comes from two words, para, like a parallel road, goes next to it. So it means coming alongside of, and then kaleo, to call alongside, okay? So the word paraclete means one who comes alongside, one who, who gets next to us. And the word was used in a lot of different contexts. It could be used in the court. Right? You could have an advocate. If, if, if somebody was accusing you of something, you might have somebody who comes alongside and says, there's no way Ron did that. No, I know him. He's not that kind of person. I will advocate. I will fight for him. It had a, a legal sense. It had a sense of, of when you were struggling and going through a difficult time, somebody coming alongside and just comforting you. It, it had a sense of, of carrying burdens together. A paraclete was somebody who might, if you're carrying a load that's really heavy, a paraclete might just come and say, let me take the other end of those tables. Let me take the other end of those pieces of wood. The paraclete is one who, who comes alongside, all right, who comes alongside of us. And, and that's why if you look at different translations, you get a whole bunch of different words that are used to translate advocate. The New International Version uses advocate, but others use counselor and comforter, defender, helper. And, and, and some of you know, I've shared this before. For me, my favorite image of, of the Holy Spirit is, is that the Holy Spirit, I, I think of my life, and the Bible then calls us to as a journey, right? And what the Holy Spirit is, is our guide, okay? The Holy Spirit is our, our guide. And in some ways, it's a, he's a super guide. He's a guide who walks with us and who, who teaches us and does so many different things, all right? And, and so I want to think about that, okay? If I can get this to move. All right, there we go. The Holy Spirit is our guide as we go through life. As I was thinking about that, I thought about a trip that I took to Jordan, Egypt, and Israel uh, about five years ago. And we had a guide on that trip. And I was just thinking about all the things that George did. Some of you know George DeYoung. He is pastors a church in Holland, uh, Michigan. But he was our guide. And, 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 and what I want to do is talk about what George did for us on that trip. If you've been on a, a guided trip, then maybe you can picture it in your situation. But think about the things that George did for us on that trip. And, and then say, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, okay? So, so what are the things that, that George did for us? First thing he did was before we even saw him, before we really uh, got anywhere, is he was busy making plans, okay? He, he was making airline, buying airline tickets. He was setting up hotels. He was setting up buses. He was, he was working way ahead, preparing the way for us. And I want you to recognize the Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit is ahead of you. The Holy Spirit is tomorrow already. The Holy Spirit is working in somebody's heart you're going to talk to tomorrow. The Holy Spirit is preparing good works for you to do. The Holy Spirit is out there in front of us. And the Holy Spirit is getting ready by guiding us, getting ready, preparing the way for us to go. That doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. But it does mean he's ahead of us, all right? And, and so George did that. George uh, taught us where to go. Sometimes he did it by pointing the way, but more often he did it by leading us in a line. And he just said, walk where I walk, step where I step, and don't go where I don't go, all right? Sometimes George had to get on us a little bit. Don't go where I don't go. The Holy Spirit, again, does that same thing. This is where you need to go. This is where you need to go. God has given us the gift of, of Jesus inside of us through the Holy Spirit that, 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 that it's, go this way. 
don't go over there. Don't go over there. Sometimes the Holy Spirit convicts us of that. A lot of times George would stop and he would teach, okay? He, he would start to teach, and he taught well because he used his hands a lot. All right, he, he would teach. Sometimes he would teach kind of quietly. We were in Egypt there, and he's kind of pointing those things out. Sometimes on the top of the mountain, he could get a little strong, all right? And he would, speech, he would teach us strongly. And, 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 and there were times, like I say, when I remember one day we were, we were listening, and he was talking about... Um, Unfortunately, see, this is what's wrong with us because we don't listen to the Holy Spirit very well or whatever. But he was talking about something. And, and, and as he's talking, there were these little, like, chipmunk things. I don't know if they were marmosets or whatever. But they started running around. And thankfully, I didn't do it. But about six people took out their cameras and they're, like, taking pictures of this. <laughs> oh, here's these cute little animals. And George is like, excuse me? I'm speaking the word of God to you and you're caring about a chipmunk? I thought, how often don't I do that? The Holy Spirit is trying to bring me God's word, and I'm worried about a chipmunk or a Golden State Warrior or a Cleveland Cavalier or whatever, right? I mean, it's not that those things are bad, but we are so easily distracted. I think that some, the Holy Spirit sometimes wants to whack us upside the head and say, come on, man. Come on. Listen to this. I've got a word for you. And, and, and so the Holy Spirit will teach strongly. George taught always with passion and, and where we were. He brought us to some just gorgeous places. This is along the Nile River, and it's just a gorgeous place. And, and it was just, and the Holy Spirit sometimes will say, and just overwhelm us with who God is. We're just showing us God's amazing grace, God's amazing love. The, 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 the drawing that Hannah did, you know, I mean, I want to say that the Holy Spirit inspired her to, to give me this picture of God's hands being under my sailboat, of God's hands being there and knowing that, that I've got an infallible God holding on to me. And, and I think that's a gift from the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, God is beautiful. And, 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 and there were a number of beautiful places we went. Sometimes George made us do things that we did not want to do or think we could do. Uh, yes, I indeed did. I have put on a pound or two since then, but I did climb up that rope. Um, I might have had George behind me pushing me on the derriere to go up that rope, but the Holy Spirit has to do that sometimes. Sometimes we say, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go apologize to that person. I don't want to forgive that person. I don't want to say I love you to that person. I don't want to go visit that person when they're struggling. And the Holy Spirit is going, yes, you do. You got to. This is what God, this is where life is. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit pushes us to do things that we don't want to do. George led us in prayer. This is again at the Nile River. And, and, and we went swimming in the Nile. I lost a pair of glasses. So I have glasses in the Nile River. And that's not just denial. Ha <laughs> um, ha. And we prayed. And the Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray. And sometimes... George just held somebody's hand and and just walked with him. Just walked with him. That's the Holy Spirit, friends. That's the gift. Jesus says, I'm that way with you. And and, and that's what I I, I want you to understand, Jesus. That's what Pentecost is all about, that I'm going to be with you in all these different ways. I'm going to list a bunch of them. Don't worry about it. You can write down the text if you want. But but let me just show you several that come from that John 16 passage. The Holy Spirit is our guide, and he convicts us. John 16, verse 8. Jesus says, and he. Come on. There he is. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The the Holy Spirit is out there. Part of the Holy Spirit's job, and it's really good because that means it's not my main job. 
It's not my main job to tell you how bad you are. The Holy Spirit does that. Listen to him, because he's got a lot to tell some of you. Um, no, <laughs> the Holy Spirit convicts the world and the world in me. The Holy Spirit sometimes shines a light into my pride, into my arrogance, into my foolishness, into my lack of love. The Holy Spirit convicts me in order that I might again repent and say, God, help me die to that and and let me live in you more and more. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He convicts us. The Holy Spirit is our guide. And there we are. He teaches us. Again, verse, verse uh, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, Jesus said he will guide you into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth. So he teaches us, he points us to Jesus. This is so cool to understand about the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit had t-shirts made up, they wouldn't say Holy Spirit on them. They wouldn't say it's about me. What they'd say is, let me tell you about Jesus. They'd have an arrow pointing to Jesus. What the Holy Spirit does over and over again is says, let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus says that's what he's going to do in John 16, verse 14. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. But understand something, right? What did Jesus just say? He said, you're going to be better off with the Holy Spirit because that Holy Spirit is awesome. So Jesus is going, I got to tell you about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going, I got to tell you about Jesus. The Father's going, let me tell you about both of these guys. They're just amazing. And what we have in the Trinity is, is this love and service where they're, where they're just, they're all humble, and they're all just saying, oh, I mean, the, the son, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased, right? The father is pointing to the son. The son is pointing to the father because he's amazing. And, and there's just this sense. And so what the Holy Spirit wants to do is not draw attention to himself. The Holy Spirit wants to point us to the father and to the son so that we might be more and more like them. All right. So he points us to Jesus. He also comforts us. Again, we talked about paraclete, that he comes alongside that Holy Spirit is there. Some of you have experienced that peace that passes all understanding. He gives us strength to become like Jesus. Okay, he's, that's why I say he's a super God. He's not just saying, go do this, but he gives us the strength. All right, Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All right, again, don't worry about catching all these, but he gives us strength to live for Jesus. Acts 1, verse 8, when Jesus said, wait, he said, wait. Wait, wait, wait for it, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. The power that we get from the Holy Spirit is to be witnesses, is to live a life for Jesus with our lives and with our words. You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and so on. All right, so he gives us strength to live for Jesus. He helps us pray. Romans 8, verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. All right? So all of those things, that's why I say, and again, don't worry about it. You want the list, talk to me afterwards, I'll give it to you. But, but, but the Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is, is the one who is our super guide as we walk through life. That it's Jesus with us. The question then is, how do we live in the power of the Spirit? Right? I mean, and, and I think that's for, for many of us where the struggle is. And, and it's been a challenge for the church from the beginning of, of what does it mean then? Again, if Jesus is in physical form, even if it's a risen body, I can see that. I can hear that. But living by the power of the Spirit, let's just acknowledge this is a strange thing. And it's not something that I can give you a great formula. But I want to talk about real quick in closing just two things. Two things that we do in order to live by the Spirit. Two things that I've learned in my life 
are helpful as I'm learning to live more and more by the Holy Spirit. The first is, is we listen for the Spirit. I think the first thing we do, if we want to live more and more by the Spirit, we've got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. We've got to listen for where the Holy Spirit is speaking. Well, that's not mysterious at all, Ron, is it? Uh, Yeah, right? I mean, thanks. What does it mean? How do we do that? Two ways, I think, that, that, that are primary for how we listen to the Holy Spirit. First of all, and we need to recognize this, we listen through the Word of God, through Scripture. That's where the Holy Spirit primarily speaks to us. I do believe that we have to be open that the Spirit nudges us and guides us and speaks to us outside of that. But this is the main way. And he's never going to tell us anything outside of Scripture that contradicts Scripture, okay? And, and, and so we become people of the book. Second Peter 1 um, talks about this. It says, For prophecy, and he's talking about really the entire Old Testament, For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were what? Carried along by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the, the Word of God, the Bible, this book, we believe, is, is the Holy Spirit's work. The, the Holy Spirit inspired this. So if I want to know what the Spirit is saying to me, this is place number one. And, 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 and so we become people who, who listen to the Bible. We become people who study it. And, and again, for some of us, I think we've kind of been taught, okay, I've got to read the whole thing in a year. And that's great if you want to do that. More and more I am saying, just pick a verse and try to live into it for a week. Pick a psalm. Pick Psalm 23, one that many of us know. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want, Right? Pick a psalm like that and just live into it for a week or into it for a month. And let the Spirit speak to you. And as you read the Bible, say, God, what are you trying to say to me in this passage? Yeah, it was first written for somebody else, but God, it was also written for me. So God, what are you saying through me in, in this passage of Scripture? What, what, what's your word for me? All right, so through the Bible and through prayer, and, and particularly I'm thinking about listening in prayer, we're, we're, most of us have been taught how to pray talking to God. But just being quiet and listening. There's one thing these two things have in common that is what makes them so difficult. They take time. It takes time. And, and so I want to challenge you to actually try this week, and this is going to get really radical, but turn off the TV, turn off the radio, and now let's get crazy and turn off our phones for 10 minutes, and just say, God, what do you have to say to me? Open up a Bible, read Psalm 23, but just for 10 minutes, don't just be by yourself, and, and then practice that, and do it the next day, and the next day. Say, God, I want to hear what you have to say. I think, again, part of the reason we don't hear God speak much, we don't feel like we're led by the Spirit as much as we could, because we're so filled with noise, we're so filled with so many things going on. We don't have silence. We don't have quiet. We don't have, have just those times in our lives where we say, God, I, I want to listen to what you have to say to me. And, and, and so that's the first thing. We listen to the Spirit. We listen for the Spirit. And the second thing I want to suggest is, is that we've got to obey the Spirit. In, in Galatians 5, Paul says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And, and the word that he means there is, it's like, it's like being in a parade and, and, and marching in step with everybody else. And what he's saying is the Holy Spirit is leading us. And, 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 and what he's saying, I think, is ultimately, and, and I think God is this way. I think God often says to us, you know, you want me to tell you what to do? Do what I've already told you. And when you do that, then I'll tell you what else to do. 
But I think some of us, we say, God, I want a different set of orders. I want a different cadence to march to. I don't want to love my neighbor. I don't want to do those things. If we want to be led by the Spirit, if we want to hear the Spirit more, if we want to be filled with the Spirit more, part of it is obeying and, and, and living out those fruits of the Spirit. We, we keep in step with the Spirit. We're actively doing that. So as we wrap this up, to all of us, but to especially to, to Sarah and Helen and Kate and Tori, um, as you go from this place, remember, we're not alone, okay? You are not alone. But Jesus is with us every step of the way through the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, this is a, a mystery for us that we don't always understand. Living by the Holy Spirit, we know it sounds great, and yet it sometimes is hard to understand and figure out, and, and we'll never figure it out. So, Father, help us just to learn baby steps, just to learn little bit by little bit. Help us learn to say, you know, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, fill our lives. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, help us be like Jesus. And so, Father, as we go from this place, may we know, may we know that you are with us. We are not alone, but your Spirit is with us every step of the way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.